We are back at CBY Spotlight when Rabbi Weinberger and I take an opportunity to sit down with one of our members, place the spotlight on you, and give our community an opportunity to get to know you. Tonight we are here with Rivka Hamburger. How are you doing, Rivka? Fabulous. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. The first question that we always pose to everyone who joins us on CBY Spotlight is, have you ever been on a podcast before? Yes, I have my own. It's called The Blessed Dough. The Blessed Dough. Yes, the I've sent a shear to Rabbi Weinberger. Excellent. And I've sent one to you, not That's right. to listen to it. I will get there, hopefully. Rabbi Weinberger didn't listen to my podcast either, so it's, it's been a theme on CBY Spotlight. How many episodes do you have? Uh, four. I started it back in um, Sivan, so month of Sivan. I do it monthly. And is there a particular topic? Are you going through a safer? Emunada uh, bitachon, and then one topic leads into the next, and it builds on top of each other. So it's impo- it, it'd be wise to listen to from the beginning till the end. Because it builds. It's it builds. It, you have to. There's topics that you cover that I cover in the first in the sheer that, you know, build in the next one and the next one, and then, you know, it's, you gain a clear understanding of what I want to basically express to the world. How do you prepare this? How do you? Uh, it's basically like a research paper. I read uh, a lot of books. Uh, I basically inhale books, and then I write everything out, and then I give it over, you know, over on Spotify. So that's basically, it's a lot of work. It's hours and hours of work. Can you let everybody know how many hours of work goes into giving shiur? Oh my gosh, everyone (laughs) should give a big prop to Rabbi Weinberger, Rabbi Zatz, and of course Rabbi Schreier because it's an insane amount of work. Um, I don't know how they do it. They say it gets easier. It does not. (laughs) So amazing, amazing job. It's a lot of work to get up and speak and just like speak freely. It's amazing. Thank you so much. That's all we need now. (laughs) How long have you guys been in Teaneck or B'nai Ashurin? Can you introduce you, your family? Sure. Um, so I'm married to Ellie Hamburger, Baruch Hashem. Um, and we have three kids, Tali, Zaki, and Abby, thank God. And we've been here uh, since before even Tali was born. So we've been members since, I believe, 2009. And we love it. I have all three Rebbeim on my you know, text messaging. So uh, Rabbi Schreier, Rabbi Weinberger, Rabbi Zatz. And it's amazing. What can you ask? What what else can you ask for? So it's it's wonderful. We'll give you your cut after the uh, okay. after the recording is finished. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank it, you. It, it's actually the she truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> you have an amazing story. You have an amazing journey that brought you here. Can you share some of that journey from your childhood in Toronto to to really your arrival in Teaneck and and to where we are tonight today? Yeah, sure. So let the therapy session begin. Um, uh, essentially my, I'm from Toronto. My family, um, is not from, my mom passed away when I was pretty young. So, uh, God came into my life very, very early. Even I remember, I'm even remember, you know, I was always in a Jewish private school. Thank God. Um, I remember learning Shimon Esrei in second grade and I just started doing it at home. Um, it wasn't as well received at home just because, you know, not, you know, my family's not from. Um, but, uh, I kept at it. I became, I started keeping kosher at 13 years old. And then after eighth grade, I needed to go to high school. So, uh, my grandmother and I went to the, uh, Olpana, my high school interview, um, ourselves. And I pretty much begged the teachers, begged the administration, the principal at the time, um, to take me in for free to Opana, and uh, they did. 
and my grandmother paid whatever the little amount she was able to pay at the time. And uh, that's how I kept my from kite. And I was, you know, pretty popular. I did well in school, thank God. I got a full scholarship at the Schulich School of Business, um, which is a top business school in Toronto. However, before I attended that school, I went to Harova. And uh, I did get a few scholarships, but my dad at that point realized, you know, she's not crazy. She's not going to, she doesn't look like she's going to marry a Hasidish person. So, you know, you know, I'll let her do her thing in Israel. And um, it was great. But when I came back to uh, college, it was not spiritual. It was, it felt totally void of spirituality. So I had to tell my dad I need to go to Stern. I went to Stern and um, I did very well there, thank God. I was able to meet my husband and um, here we are today. Now your dad was initially resistant to you going to Stern, right? My dad was originally, so he was resistant to high school, to Stern he was, um, I mean, I was- Here you are on scholarship in a top university in Canada. Full scholarship, it was academic scholarship and then I had to basically ask him to pay you know, at the time it was only only $25,000 US, you know, US. Um, so I basically had to um, tell him that I would make it worth his while, worth his money. Um, so I was, thank God, valedictorian of um, Stern. And um, that was a proud moment for him. I was very happy. And again, none of this was for me. Everything was from Hashem. I prayed for everything and I always had a constant, super close relationship with Hashem. Um, so it was not for me. Of course, I did my Hishtadlut. I remember in Stern when everyone was watching the final season of Friends, the final episode of Friends, and I'm like, Friends is not going to get me, you know, my A that I need to become valedictorian. I'm just going to study. And everyone else was watching Friends. I so remember this. <laughs> Um, and lessons for life about what we watch on TV, but another story. Um, so I, uh, yeah, so I worked hard and, um, thank God with Hashem's help and with my Hishdad Lut that obviously came from Hashem, I was successful. All right, Rick. So anybody who's watching thus far can see you're obviously a very spiritual person. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your schedule, if you're comfortable in particular, the notion of uh, his bodidus, as I would call it, or his bodidut, which I know is not common. I don't, Rabbi Schreier, I don't, I don't think either. I speak for Rabbi Zass, I don't think he does either, so it's not such a common practice, but if you wouldn't mind telling us about that in general, uh, I guess what your day looks like. Sure, so um, a connection with Hashem is very, very important, so I try to do that first thing in the morning. So what I do is hit bodidut, which is, it's a type of meditation and it's a conversation with Hashem, with God. I try to get, I try to do it first thing in the morning. So I, you know, my kids get to school, they need to be on the bus at 7.30. So I need to be up at 5.45 and I do it for an hour. Um, this is not instead of shacharit, it's not instead of mincha for me. And for men, it wouldn't be instead of mariv, it's not instead of tehillim, it's not instead of learning Torah, it's in addition to actually my fourth episode on the Blessed Dough talks about Heat Buddha Dude. So if anyone wants so to So we clearly have our homework yes. to do. So if anyone wants to further, you know, you know, learn about it, um, it's totally explained in that class. But it's one hour of meditation. I talk to Hashem. Um, 
It became very mainstream amongst, uh, with Rabbi Nachman. He brought it into, like he really broke it down, how to do it, what to say. It's essentially, you know, um, praising Hashem, thanking Hashem for everything, for everything. Um, and then going into Cheshbon um, HaNefesh, which is the counting of the soul. Um, I do have an accounting degree, um, but of course this is, we're talking about the accounting of the soul. And then it goes into, you know, davening for Klal Yisrael, personal requests, etc. Um, naturally, the conversation with Hashem usually focuses on what's going on in your life. Um, if there's a kid needing to get married, if, you know, a friend needs help. So naturally the conversation goes there. But of course, the main thing is thanking Hashem and judging yourself. Again, not persecuting yourself, judging yourself favorably in order to un you understand that, you know, you are not perfect and you have ways to go and that's perfectly fine, but it's not persecuting yourself. And that's a big difference. And we are, I mean, at least I'm guilty of that. Um, at times, and just from, you know, what I see going on in the world, many of us are. Do you have any one or two uh, particularly impactful people? I don't want to say rabbis. Could be rabbis. Could be people who have shaped your worldview, who you listen to their speeches, you read their books. We, and I'm sure we could go on for a while, but we've got to try to keep it succinct. Maybe... Uh, Yes. So, of course, I listen to you guys. Uh, <laughs> you're Yotze, the... Uh... Rabbi Schreier, Rabbi Zaz, Rabbi Weinberger. Um, the podcast I listen to on the daily is Gedalia Fenster. I, he's good for anyone at whatever spiritual level you're at. Um, if you believe in God, wonderful. If you don't, good to start listening to him. Um, the... Books I recommend that every person should listen to at whatever level they are at are Proof of Heaven by Dr. Eben Alexander, um, Garden of Amuna by Rabbi Arush, and uh, Letting Go by Dr. David Hawkins. Those three books are a must for everyone. And then you start, once you start going, you read those books, you start, you know, doing the self-work that makes the world work. And you start, you know, going into other books I really love Dr. David Lieberman's work. I loved how free will works. I loved how, uh, how to never get angry again. I'm actually reading another book right now by him, uh, which is called Mind Reader. I just picked up, uh, I, I read a lot, thank God. Rabbi, uh, Dr. Rabbi Chaim Kramer's you know, Anatomy of the Soul. I mean, I have an entire library. Uh, but the three books that I recommend are the ones that I stated. I do, I have read a lot of psychology books. The Mind-Body Connection, I'm a big believer in that. The Body Keeps the Score, and this is actually why I got into reading Rabbi Arusha's books, because, um, of course, there's always the impetus, right? Um, about seven years ago, I had um, a rough back situation. Um, I, that was like the wake-up call, because, you know, after working so hard, thank God, and having such a close relationship with Hashem, um, seven years ago when I was, I'm actually, I'm not going to say how old I am, but when seven years ago, you know, I got comfortable, you know, you live the teen life, 
Was I getting up every morning? Was I doing the mitzvot the way I was supposed to be doing? Was I getting a little more relaxed? Could be. So I got the wake-up call seven years ago. I had horrific back pain. Um, God forbid that anyone should ever go of, know of it, but thank God I'm very thankful because that it was like the fire that basically reminded me like, get your act together. Where is this coming from? Obviously, I had to deal with my mother's death that I never dealt with when I was a very young girl at nine years old. But then it started, so I started reading Dr. Sarno's books, all the psychology books, um, um, and I wasn't satisfied with basically understand the, just understanding the mechanisms of the obvious truth that, you know, there's a body, there's a mind-body connection. The answer of this can't possibly be happening to people just to suffer. There has to be a reason. And this is when I got into the philosophical question of like, what is the message behind all of this? And then I was talking to my friend, Sarah Abanaim, who basically recommended I read Rabbi Rusha's Garden of Amuna. And once I read a rabbi's book, I buy all the books. So I read many, many of his books. And that is what started me on my spiritual journey. So it was a seven year process which is, you know, why I'm, thank God, sitting here today and talking about it, but it was certainly not overnight. Um, and it, it's, it's a daily grind and um, there is resistance, uh, but you got to beat the Yetzirah and that's the way it is. So you graduate valedictorian from Stern. Yeah. So educationally, career-wise, where do you go from there? Um, I worked in corporate America for a number of years. Um, I did, what did I do? I did valuation at a firm and then I switched to asset management. I meant, I meant, sorry, not asset management. I did wealth management for a number of years. I managed billionaires. Some of you guys know the products that these people have come out with. I'm not putting it on camera. And, um, at the, at, after that, I went private because I needed to scale back on hours. It was still a lot of hours. And then I, at some point, I basically needed to take a break. And then that was it. What went into that decision? You have this corporate job and you decided that you needed a break for mental health, for physical health? For I burnt out. I burnt out. That's the truth because I was working crazy hours. And then, again, it was the knock at the door. I had this horrible back pain you know, no one should ever know of it, um, at 31 years old. And I basically had to reevaluate, you know, what I was, like, where I was going. Like, I was this, you know, a teenek mom, very comfortable, you know, just doing the daily grind, not really having Hashem in, like, totally in the picture on a daily basis at that point. So that was the wake-up call that I needed to basically include him in everything, in my daily schedule, in my world, etc., And that is what took me from, you know, working in corporate America, which by the way, is great for people, as long as you don't burn out, I burnt out. Um, but this is what led me to my schedule today. All right, so at this point, I think we're gonna shift to the rapid fire questions. Yeah. To keep your answers more succinct get people to know a, a different side of you, some things we haven't been able to cover, uncover. And uh, all right, let's get to it. You want me to begin? Sure. You want to begin? All right, here we go. Yeah. Do you have any hidden talents or areas of expertise that, 
I shouldn't even say hidden. Any other talents? Well, you guys know I make babka. I was waiting for that answer, okay. <laughs> Does he know? I got one. He knows. Maybe, okay, just making sure that everything's all good, okay. And also Rabbi Zatz knows. Um, I started a little, because of COVID, that was my, you know, you know, at some point what happened. Um, I had a lot of patience, so to say. No one could make challah. No one, everyone needed food. So I started delivering food, d- delivering challahs to people. And um, naturally, when I start doing something, I want to level it up. So then I was like, you know, I was watching a, you know, Good Eats episode with Alton Brown. Ellie was actually watching it. And I was like, why don't I try babka? I'm just going to do it. And then I did it. And then I got really good at it. And so people started asking me left, right, and center. So now what I have turned it into is essentially a philanthropic endeavor where I price them like crazy and I give half the tzedakah. Wow. They're really good. Yeah, they're pretty fabulous. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> Everyone, hopefully this will be good advertising. For yeah. I don't need to. I, if you want it, you got to pay up. <laughs> Win-win. Good yes, and yes. Yeah, it's going to Tzedakah, exactly. What is the most interesting item in your house? The tambourines for when Mashiach comes. I'm oh, being wow. serious. Dina Siegel, all work and no pay. This is a shout out to her. And also, peace, love, and carrots. They were talking about it on Instagram, and I'm like, I have to buy the tambourines for the girls in my house, so when Mashiach comes, we'll be dancing on the streets. You know, they say, they say the Chavetz Chaim used to keep a packed suitcase right under that's his... Next, under that's his next. That's next. I'm not there, there yet, but I do there. have the tambourines in the holders. It, oh, got it. Okay, what is the most interesting place in the world you've been? I, I don't... I mean, I love Israel, obviously, but my... Favorite place always, anywhere in the world, is always on the beach because it's the best place to do Hitbaradu for me. When you, this is like breaking from our, when you do Hitbaradu it in the morning, because traditionally yeah. it was done out in the forest. You do it at home, I in the backyard? I do it outside in my backyard. In the backyard. And if people see winter? me, I see your mom all the time walking, She's by the way. Walker, yeah. Yes, and she always says hi, and I can't talk because I'm like talking <laughs> to Hashem. <laughs> have you ever explained that to her outside? No, <laughs> but now she's going to hear She'll know when she watches this exactly. episode. Exactly. <laughs> so I have ear, if I do a walk in the morning and I do Hitbaradu, dude, I have earphones in my ears. Everyone thinks I'm talking to someone. You no. won't say hi to someone walking No, around. I will say, I will like do this, but I will not break conversation with Hashem. So we should let everybody know they shouldn't take offense if, if they see you in the morning. Correct. You're <laughs> moving during his or you're like... You walk and you, you talk. Walk, you walk. Okay, you you're walk not, you're and you not talk. like sitting in your backyard. You can. Cold. if the, you, you have to do what's comfortable. If you're comfortable, you know, underneath your covers, in pajamas, in your sheet, like in, in your bed... Great. It just can't be in an earshot with anyone because that's a, it has to be a private conversation with Hashem. You kind of address this a little bit. Have there been any major hobby lifestyle changes since COVID? I stopped watching television. That's the complete opposite of basically everyone else in I the world. I stopped watching television. I don't watch television. Um, I do love Marvel movies. It has to be a really good one to get me to go to the theaters because, again, to each so his stop. own. To me, it's a waste of time. For me, to each his own. I'd rather be learning, reading a book, doing something productive. Sorry. Okay. You could edit that. It's a, you know, it's a, no, I don't it's think great. you're saying any of this in a judgmental fashion. For me, this is I don't... This works for you. This is, this, I don't watch television. You wouldn't be putting television. this on as like a muster lesson. This is... It's the CUS spotlight. Television. This is... I don't want to... This is your perspective. Yeah, I literally stopped watching television since 2020. Okay. So what would you respond to people who say like, Rivka's amazing, but that's just not me. She's just not normal. How would you respond to that? I'm a totally normal person. I um, eat at Juice by Julie like everyone else. 
I like my fancy designer shoes. I like nice things like everyone else. But again, everything needs to ele be elevated to Hashem. Um, again, I also need to maintain, for me, spiritually, I need to maintain that constant relationship with Hashem because um, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but you, God forbid, if you don't, uh, you will get knock at the doors and you're going to have that relationship one way or another with Hashem. That's the bottom line. So I'd rather instigate the relationship instead of wait. I don't know what Juice by Julie is. I don't know if you know you what serious? Juice by Julie is. I really don't. Wait, seriously? Wow, he's awesome. Genuine. I know what Wordle is, but I don't know what I Juice by Julie is. I really came from the five towns, didn't it? I think it came from Brooklyn. Oh gosh, right now I'm also making myself look bad. But I know what Juice by Julie is. I've been there a few times. It's great. Rivka, thank you so much for joining us. It's great.